Welcome to Let's Get Uncomfortable, a running podcast where we shake out and purposely go off track on any and everything related to our favorite hobby. Get ready to get uncomfortable along with our guests, because growth only happens outside of your comfort zone. Here are your hosts, Ines Babea, Jamie Chen, and Nathan Schiller. Hi, I'm Ines Bea, and welcome to Let's Get Uncomfortable. I'm Nathan Schiller. Hi, I'm Jamie, and I'd like to extend a warm welcome to our guest, Esther Barroso-Gerzon. Esther is a fitness instructor, professional singer, and very involved in the fight against racism against Asians and other minorities. But before we get started, I'd like to introduce our sports legacy segment, since October is a special month in America for Filipinos, it kicks off Filipino American history. So let's talk about a notable Filipino athlete, Manny Pacquiao, one of the top boxers in history and in one of the most memorable fights, defeated Oscar de la Hoya, the Olympic gold medalist at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. Although he's well known for boxing and he's now a politician as a senator in the Philippines, he also changed course and decided to enter basketball professionally in 2014. It's pretty different. Which brings me to ask you, Esther, you started out singing because you started in Miss Saigon, but how did you go from singing to running? Um, so yes, I, I'm very comfortable in performing and everything. But then when um, I met Jamie um, at work, she was telling me about her, um, her, uh, her experience with a half, for her first half marathon. And then um, little did I know, and my, my coworker know that within that week of her telling us her experience with her first marathon, that we found ourselves signing up for our first five mile run. And, and after that, it became like this um, everyday thing. Um, and to be quite honest with all of you, I hate running, I really do, but I love, the challenge, the challenge of, you know, completing, whether it be an interval training, whether it be the, you know, the speed runs that we did, whether it be a 5k, a, a 10k, a, a half or a full, I love a good challenge. So that's what kept me going. So uh, Esther, uh, if you hate running, and we're just talking about not so long ago that you got started in it. Um, were you involved in running or any sort of fitness growing up in the Philippines? And was there any sort of running culture that you observed or were aware of? What was that like? So in the Philippines, um, majority of the people there, especially for, for my family, my family is more into, you know, study hard, you know, uh, um, hit the books all the time. And oh, that's traditional Asian. Exactly. Type. Yeah. So my, my family wasn't really pushing me or not, not to, not even my sisters to, you know, do some sports, extracurricular. Um, um, so eventually like some, somewhere in my high school years, I stumbled upon track and field. So I did a little bit of, of that. I dabbled in sports, like very little until I got into college. Again, just because the nature of my family was more study hard, just, you know, concentrate on um, graduating high school and then getting a good degree for college. Um, and then later on when I graduated from college, that's where I um, 
found a little bit more of interest with fitness just because of being um, a performer on stage. Um, uh, you know, I, I had to take care of myself um, and not just rely on metabolism or my youth back then, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. So then how has your experience been um, as an Asian woman in arts and fitness? Is there like a, a similarity in as far as like the lack of representation when you go to auditions, when you, when you saw yourself like running and people like lining up around you, where you're teaching classes, who, what has been your experience? Um, funny enough, so performing aside, performing, uh, I guess, let, let's talk about that um, first. It's very much black and white, you know, you, you get a breakdown and it's either you fit that role that the casting people are looking for, or you don't. Sometimes you, if the casting people are looking outside the box and whether the role is specifically for uh, a particular race, but if they can see you um, doing that particular role, then that's great. Then you have a chance to be seen or heard just for your talent and not necessarily because of your skin color. Um, I've dabbled up, uh, on that and, um, and you know what, you just keep going, um, and try to fight and try to push your talent and let the casting people know that, you know, you're more than just a skin color. When it comes to fitness for me, um, I've been lucky that I guess I've, I haven't experienced anything with regards to my, my color, my, the color of my skin as, um, as sort of a, a, a struggle within the fitness industry. Um, and with the running community, if I could just uh, mention that too, it's, I find actually um, like a comfort within the running community and the fitness community that they don't see black or white. Well, again, this is me from my experience. Um, they don't see black or white. We, we just, you know, work out together and have a great time together. And we're just there for each other to, you know, motivate and inspire one another. If well, that I all makes sense. One, one of the things that we, we have come, come across is that um, us as like minorities, we tend to be often the person who is buying the product as opposed to being the one producing it. You know what I mean? Like, when you look at, like at the apps and the classes, the instructors, like they look differently. So for you breaking into that, how, how what, ch what challenges did you face for that? Because I don't look this, the, the exactly. specific, yeah. yeah. Um, again, that didn't bother me as much because I know what I could bring. And I, I know what I could offer to my clients or to um, the people that I'm with. And it goes beyond the, that, that physique, you know? So knowing what I can bring to the table, um, I don't let that face me at all, if that makes sense again. You know, I, I guess, I guess probably your connections 
made it a little bit seamless for you to break into fitness is how, how did mm-hmm. how did you pers- now now you went from running to becoming a fitness instructor how did that happen <laughs> that actually came um more like an accident so um, um albert and I, my husband who is also a fitness instructor for um used to be flywheel and berries we he we have a lot of common friends and um this mutual friend of ours um, was opening up another boutique gym, which is called the Shred. Um, it's we do circuit training, but it's similar to Barry's, but the machine is more like the skier's edge, so it's geared towards like um, skiers. Anyway, um, I just I went along with the interview, and and then they offered me a position to uh, become an instructor. And it was a whole new world for me because it's, um, I've been used to, I'm so used to uh, holding accountability groups and helping people achieve their goals, fitness and fitness goals that way, but to uh, instruct a group of people and, you know, teach them certain moves and again, help them within that 30 or 45 minutes of uh, the class to help them uh, just motivate them. And uh, that, that was just a great experience for me. So in addition to being an instructor and an uh-huh. actress, you recently were part of a, an ad against racism. Yes. Why was that important to you? That was very important to me. Well, um, especially nowadays with uh, this current situation that we're in um, with the uh, coronavirus, um, it was very important to be able to voice out what it was for people like myself, people that have the same skin color as me to know, uh, for other people to know that what we're going through. Um, And so to be able to be given that platform um, was a gift, definitely. Um, Esther, do you have any like long-term goals where all these elements of your life with your art and your fitness and your activism overlap? Are you thinking like, you know, in 10 years, I want to have achieved this, or are you just taking everything day to day and surveying the the world around you and reacting to it? The thing is, you know, um, like performing um, fitness, whether it be running or fitness in itself and always having that voice for uh, Filipino Americans, um, I think that will always be in me. You know, it, it's part of, of who Esther is and who Esther will be. So um, I just hope that I would always, if I can't have um, a platform to be able to voice out what, um, what I'm going through as a Filipino American, if I could at least have that platform to voice out um, whether it be singing, you know, in a song or performance. Um, And if I could reach out to other people, whether it's in terms of fitness and um, reach out to them that way about, um, you know, being connected, being, um, helping each other up, then I think it'll always be in me and I will always find a way to make them fuse all three together because they're part of me. So as you said, that um, is important to like have a voice and a platform to share 
the issues that you face as a woman? Should Asians be allies during this movement looking for social justice the way people have been protesting since the murder of um, Amar Arbery over the summer and just all the different things mm-hmm. that we've seen over mm-hmm. the weeks and months and, day and days yeah. and you know the entire history of this country. Mm-hmm. Do you, why should Asians be allies? Do you think they should be? And then how do you also fight against the label of the uh, model minority? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I don't know if you guys ever heard, like actually as Filipinos within our community, we also face racism, racism within our own kind. Um, never, I never knew that. Yeah. So if I were to go back to the Philippines, believe it or not, my, the color of my skin right now, I'm actually considered dark. And um, if you see my husband, he's darker than me. So all the more. Okay. Um, growing up with that stigma and with that mentality that you have in order for you to succeed, you have to be whiter. Just plain and simple. It's 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 that black and white. I can agree. Um, Think about the makeup that's advertised in our countries because I'm from Malaysia Mm -hmm. and all of our creams, like everything, Mm -hmm. has whitening. Exactly. Your skin to be paler. So, like, I'm considered dark. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, like, I've Mm -hmm. gone back to visit my family and they say, You're spending Mm -hmm. too much time in the sun. Yeah. It doesn't look good. It makes you look like you're a worker. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. It's that mentality. so within growing up and having to experience that, um, um, where was I going to go with this? That you're considered dark. That I'm considered dark. That within my within my own race, there's already racism, um, and so all the more here, um, I had to learn how to. Um, love what I what I am right now and fight uh, with what I have if that again makes sense um, so being able to I guess sorry I'm gonna go back you said have an ally and what do I think about what we're going through right now right the allies in this movement towards oh there you go that's what I was going to so all the yes all the more that yes I do believe that we we have to be allies um especially like with I guess the current Black Lives Matter movement right um it's very important for I think for me as a Filipino American to support that because um I, and I guess I, I'm, I may be preaching to the crowd. We hear this all the time, but you know, when uh, all lives matter, when Black lives matter, you know, what I mean, it's as simple as that. Um, their fight for um, racial equality is our fight for racial equality as well. Their fight for justice is our fight for justice as well. Our common denominator is just the color of our skin, which is unfortunate. But um, I. I believe that yes, we should support one another to fight um, for everyone's, uh, especially those people that are ignorant, that um, need that education. Um, We need to spread uh, information and education uh, that way, hopefully this virus that's spreading more so now than ever 
could be contained or could be um, hopefully come to an end. Did you find yourself fighting also against the, the stereotype of the model minority? You know, the whole thing about like, we're, you know, if Asians, you, you know, they study hard, they keep their head down, they don't ruffle feathers. Why can't the black person, how do you fight against that? And then, you know, tell the Asian community, we should be in this fight. Exactly. I've actually never heard of that until recent because I was never, I was, I, I'm a very vocal person. Um, I'm, I'm the one who would always, you know, say something, say something when something's not right. Um, um, I guess I just try to encourage people that, you know, if you see something wrong or say, or sense something is wrong to speak up and um, that way we can, be heard. Um, um, yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I've, just, I, I've never, I just like, I've, I've, I've never fall, I've never thought of us, a, me personally, as falling into that category again, just because of my personality. Um, so. Well, I, I feel like in um, Asians are conservative minded and I, I, as an Asian woman, as an Asian woman, I feel, and especially, you know, being Chinese, and mm. especially in my own community, I feel that we have a lot of biases and prejudice against other communities of colors. And I feel that sometimes as an Asian woman, hearing my people talk about, you know, well, we had to pull ourselves up by the bootstrap. Why can't other minorities do the same? You know, Asians also get picked on. So, you know, we just ignore it. And do you ever feel that you have like Filipinos who are conservative minded, just not be able to relate to what other minorities are going through? Yeah. And then and they mm -hmm. like to hide behind that stereotype that, oh, you know, we're hardworking. We're going to assimilate. Oh, yeah. No, yes. I've, I've come across a lot of people like that. Um, and again, it's just that if I have come across them, but I don't necessarily, um, spend a lot of time with them as well. But if I do, and, and they see me being vocal about something, then I just try my best to encourage them to break out of their shell, to break out of that minority myth and have a voice of their own because that's the only way right that's the only way for us to be seen and be heard do you have any examples like does anything come to mind that you're thinking of when you're talking about these situations um okay just one thing my family my sisters <laughs> whenever we're uh let's say okay just as a simple incident where um if we're at a restaurant and um, something's wrong, right, with a, a particular order, um, they would be like, "Oh no, no, that's fine. Let's just eat what you know what we what what they what they gave us. Let's let's not make um, a big fuss about this." Um, obviously, with me, I'm gonna I'm gonna be like, "No, that's not what we ordered." Hello, manager or server. This isn't what we ordered. Okay, Karen. Um, just as simple as yeah. No, but it's <laughs> as simple as that. It's not right. It's not what we ordered. I'm sorry. You know, you know, it's just as simple as that. Um, but and as of uh, late, uh, recently, we, um, my sisters and I, had a discussion about. Um, uh, George Floyd, that um, we had different issues, uh, different takes about that whole situation. And um, 
again, but they were they weren't as vocal as like me, and they were taking things in a different um, context. So like, I, hmm. In in one co- in what context were they taking it? So <laughs> they they were. Um, <laughs> I don't even know if they're going to listen to this. So <laughs> I'm just going to bring it out. We're getting uncomfortable, right? <laughs> yeah. Let's get some. <laughs> let me hear the juice. That's the point. There you go. Um, but if they do hear this, I love you guys. <laughs> um, they, they were that type of... Um, they put the whole situation where they said, at the end of the day, it's his fault because of what he did. And, and flat out, I was like, what? Like, why are you going there? You know, like it, 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 it's, it's, I was shocked that to hear that from them. And, to, and, and I tried my best to um, inform them that just because someone has a past like that, doesn't mean they have, they should die the way they did. Um, but, um that they just kept going back to that one point that at the end of the day it's his fault because of what he did initially and um it took a second for us to uh i I had to end the conversation because it was getting heated and getting out of context but um so if so whether it's over dinner getting a wrong order or them thinking or uh seeing a situation differently um Again, I just try my best to inform them, if that all makes sense. Was this surprising to you, given that yes. you all have grown up here, that you yes. think one way, but then within your family, yes, that way of thinking, how do you I, reconcile I, that and figure out how did this happen? I, I didn't have the chance to figure it out, like how they started thinking like that. Um, because it became sensitive um, for, for all of us. Because I, I literally, I, I stopped talking to them for a while because it was really a shock for me too. Because, um, and I, again, I think it's because uh, I, I was lucky enough um, to not just, I lived prior, prior to living here in the US, I lived in Australia and London. So I guess my um, outlook in life is a little bit more wider than my sisters had. My sisters just came from the Philippines and here, whereas my other sister is actually still in the Philippines. So um, I guess, you know, the way we've dealt with life itself is different. And the way I've been exposed to life is different from what they've been exposed to. Um, So I'm thinking maybe that's why. But at the end of the day, it was a, a real shock for me to hear that from them. And it's hard because they're, 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 you know, my sisters were family, um, but it, it opened my mind to just because you're related to blood doesn't mean you will always have the same outlook or the same understanding of certain things. Well, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, these protests and these movements, I think it's promising that I've seen a lot of Asian faces coming out to support the Black Lives Matter movement. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. especially the fact that, and I've seen a lot of the communities of color support against the, uh, they're supporting us in the anti-Asian rhetoric also. Mm-hmm. So I think that this is a time this year that the divide is making the communities of color come together stronger. 
If anything, um, it's it's a good thing that you brought that up because if anything, um, with the current presidency that we we have, um, and I would always say this to my family and my friends, the one thing that um, the current president is successful is making this country the the this United States of America. Now, at the same time, with um, bringing this. Uh, this, you know, different groups, we find ourselves, um, just like what you said, Jane, we find ourselves um, reaching out and um, working alongside those races, you know, those communities, the different communities that have been outed during this current four years of this current term. Am, am I making, uh, does anyone agree with me? You mean in regards to like who has no longer been so-called like welcome with the administration? Yes. Right. But like right all the more now that we find ourselves like reaching out and connecting to um, the Hispanic community perhaps, or, you know, the, the African-Americans, you know what I mean? All the more we're, 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 we're working together, I think more so now than ever. Have you, have because you, of the current situation. Have you experienced any um, things, kind of, any attacks towards you during the pandemic? Um, yes, I have. Um, and it's, again, funny because um, I've never had um, 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 any um, harassment or racist attack, whether I'm performing or running or anything like that. I've been lucky enough, but as a standing pedestrian, I have. Or if I'm waiting for, I mean, if I'm in the subway, I have. Like what happened? Um, okay, so uh, the beginning of COVID, um, I think it was March, I forgot what exactly, I think it was March or April, I was just walking down the street, minding my own business, and a stranger spat in my direction. Um, and at the time that it happened, I thought this person was just, you know, maybe he, he just needed to spit. But the fact that this person spit three times towards my direction. Um, That's an attack. Yeah, it was an attack. I was like, no. no, he just, he didn't just need to spit. He, the fact that it was like literally right towards like in front of my face, it was directly towards me. I'm not sure. I if it's because I'm, you know, Asian. And again, at that time, it was pretty, um, um, the, the, you know, people were kept saying the, the virus came from China and Asian people, you know, they're the ones that brought this. So I don't know if I became like just a target for this person. Um, but um, that has been the most um, disgusting and the most, um physical attack that i've ever uh, experienced as an asian person did that make you feel unsafe about running in new york city um it, it, it made me feel unsafe to just walk period and i found myself during uh, that week when it just happened that i i always just find myself just looking back just to make sure i wasn't being followed 
Um, so not just running, just a simple walk. I felt unsafe and I didn't know who to trust. I didn't know, uh, like if I, if I, when I saw a person that sort of looked like the, 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 that guy that spat on me, I became uncomfortable. Um, sir, first of all, I'm really sorry to hear all of this. It's real, oh. um, awful. And I was wondering if you, um, talked about this in your work and also if you, um, in, in your activism work, and also I know that you're active with your church and your faith. Mm -hmm. So I was wondering if these issues come up and how they intersect with, you know, your fitness and your running, if, if they do at all. The incident? Yeah. Or... And any, um, any sort of racism that, you know, we've been discussing and you've been subjected mm -hmm. to or aware of. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely reached out to a lot of friends after it happened because I just felt really isolated. And um, um, also after, literally after it happened, I, I prayed to God for um, understand, just to, I don't know, just to give you some peace of mind as to, you know, why that, it, why it ha why that um, happened to me. But at the end of it all, I just figured maybe it happened to me so I could, um, you know, bring awareness to people that um, it's real, you know, the being attacked for your, just because people said, you know, the, the virus came from Asian people, from, from Chinese. So I just want people to, I guess it happened to me since I'm very vocal um, that- um, They picked the wrong real. girl. <laughs> you know, um, and, um, and because of that, yes, I have become, um, a little bit more vocal about it. I, I speak to a lot of, um, uh, uh, spoken to a lot of people about this, um, in my church, whether in other community platforms as well. Um, it's, it's gotten easier, but, and I look at it as a way again to, because um, there might be other people that as this has happened to them and they, they f that feeling of isolation, um, not being able to connect with anyone, that's, um, I just wanted them to learn, you know, that you can talk and um, you'll never know who's going to reach out to you and say, oh, yes, that same thing happened to me and it's awful. Um, yeah. Well, it sounds like you were ready to be in our hot mic section where we basically let you bend or yell <laughs> or speak two minutes uninterrupted about a topic that is dear to you that you feel could impact you know fitness it can impact running it can impact those around you so we are going to give you two minutes to talk about whatever it is that your heart are, is passionate about oh okay um Again, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. Um, at the end of the day, I think um, what I can say and be relate to people at the end of the day is um, your faith. That no matter what happens, if you have, um, I'm a very spiritual person and my faith to God is the most important thing, whether, you know, that your faith is to God, to a higher being or to yourself, um, let that uh, be your foundation 
so that no matter what happens to you, whether whatever life throws at you, um, you can overcome that and learn from whatever um, obstacle will come in your way. Um, and I've used that, I've used my faith, um, whether faith again in God, faith in myself um, to be better um, as a performer, as an instructor, as a person, as a friend, um, as a member of my family, and as a member of this community. Um, and I hope people will find that at the end of the day, with all this craziness that we're going through, especially right now, um, <laughs> um, never lose the faith, because um, with that comes hope. And with that comes um, better, better things ahead. Well, thank you so much. I'd like to thank our guest, Esther Barroso, Nathan <laughs> and Jamie, and you, the listener, for taking the time to be part of our show. Um, see you soon, and let's keep shaking the table and getting uncomfortable.